Fade to the line, but not out. Barzal with a shot, deflects wide into the corner. Nine seconds left. Morgan Riley gets it around on the wall. It'll come to the line and out at center ice. Racing after it was Matthews. And this one is in the books. A workmanlike road game. Something that Coach Sheldon Keith has been looking for. Sheldon Keith, the Leafs players, me and Gord, we've all been looking for it. A good road win for the Leafs. 3-1 is the final in Long Island. Mitchell, Marner, Pierre Engvall, and Morgan Riley are your goal scorers tonight. Uh, Gord, a, a lot to like of that game, I, and I didn't mention him there. Maybe it's the guy we should start with. Peter Morazic wasn't asked to do a lot, but was uh, nearly perfect in, in tonight's win. Yeah, I, I'd have him. I don't know who picks the stars in that. Stars don't seem to really matter so much anymore. But I, I would, I would pick him as the first star. You, you, you consider all that he was facing in this kind of game. Because first of all, to your point, just what Sheldon Keefe ordered, just what the players ordered, just what the fans all ordered. This kind of game, this kind of response, and and it's almost great that right away they got that two goal lead, which has been so difficult to hold the last little while. And, and they held it, and and they and they held it effectively and efficiently. And, you know, Peter Mrazek is going into tonight's game. I had the stats early on. Got to find him again. But 3.59 goals against average, .882, uh, 0.882 save percentage. Both incredibly unacceptable numbers, granted, just in four appearances. So that will come down. In one will come down. The save percentage will go up. And uh, that was a real, real positive, positive game for him coming up with big saves when it was really needed. So, so many positives to draw, draw from tonight to talk about. So this is going to be a fun Leafs Nation postgame, Brent. Yeah, it is. If it's uh, if it's the old walk to the subway, it's a happy walk. Plenty, plenty of guys you want to keep praise on, uh, and and the, and because hey, let's be honest, we are who we are. Just enough things to nitpick that that you can sit there and do that as well. But I mean, all all positives, all all happy feelings after tonight's win. You know, the one thing we were watching, kind of heading into the third period, was uh, what are they going to do with with this decor? Because you know, with with the injuries to to Muzzin and Hall and them not being in the fold, they were going to have to find somebody else they trust, and they leaned a lot. Lot on Brody and Riley, uh, each guy playing over over 25 minutes. Uh, Sandine uh, just crept over the 20 minute mark there, so I guess that's your answer. But man, th- those guys, uh, a lot was asked of them in the, in the third period. And hey, you know, defense isn't just about the goalie, and it's certainly not just about your your top D pair. But it would, it would it's not a surprise to anybody that Keith leaned on those two the way he did. Yeah, you mentioned, and 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 that's what happens in the playoffs for starters. Okay, so that's a regular playoff game. Is your 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 studs play that? So looking ahead, you know, you want to you, you want to get Justin Hall back. You obviously want to get Jake Muzzin back as well, and maybe another for depth. I think what's interesting is. You know, you look where Travis Dermott is relative to the others. That Rasmus Sandin, uh, there there were there were kind of three halves or four halves and four and two yeah. have nots. And it was Dahlstrom and and Dermott that Lilligren and Sandine played considerably more minutes than than Dermott. And there was one play in the third period. And and I like what Sandine did. I you know I I like the way he plays. I like how he played. But there was one play if you remember that he did have a faux pas. I don't yep. know if he was out with Morgan Riley by accident. But Riley covered his butt, you know, on, on yep, that particular exactly play. Yeah, and about. so, but I did notice he was out there with Lilligren a lot. But I'm, I, as I said to you before, I think from time to time, you know, if it if it wasn't if it was a one goal game, you know, you you know what you might you might look at pairing the 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 inexperience with the experience. But 
Anyway, there are real like how many odd man rushes were there? I mean, it was really and, and man, they were taking a lot of hits. The Islanders are a physical team, just like later on. I can't wait for the Edmonton Oilers facing Calgary and how they handle a physical Calgary Flame in the in the second Hockey Night in Canada game tonight. And I, I just. I just like that, you know, uh, all that Sheldon Keefe talked about, and I hope he keeps talking about things post-game when they need to be addressed and talked about because that's really necessary. And to the team's credit, they went out and did that tonight. No, I, I agree with you there. I know exactly the play you're, you're talking about. Sandine got walked a little bit by Beauvillier, and Riley, Riley makes the diving play to kind of to stop it enough, and then Sandine kind of cleans up the garbage. And I was thinking the exact same thing. I was saying, oh, okay, so that's just got to be the chain, you know, like a, a line change there, and you just have kind of two halves of two pairs there. But, you know, you would assume the left D would change for the left D and the right D would change for the right D. So that was a, a little odd. But, yeah, definitely uh, Keith kind of playing around with things. And, you know, I, I noticed that as well. That was a play that kind of highlights, Ugh, those are the moments where, you know, maybe this guy is, and talking about Sandine, not quite ready for prime time as a top four player. But you also have the flashes the other direction with him now yes it's in the other end of the rink but I mean he had a tremendous rush and he kind of had his own little cycle there a little later on in the period and it just it just kind of shows you exactly what a guy like him is capable of and I think it kind of further slams home it's the point I've been kind of making about the Leafs D I'm with you I'd love to see them add a body but you know having guys like Sandine having a guy like Lilligren having them potentially as your third pair where if they're going well you can use them more and if they're not you can kind of use Use Sandine on the power play and and use them more sparingly. It, it feels to me like he, as the kind of fifth D on this team, is in a perfect spot for a team that hopefully has a long playoff run. Because you know Muzzin and Hall have had a rough year. There's 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 no way to sugarcoat that. But I also think we can say, wow, how how much how much different has this decor looked without them? And again, maybe be a little a little grateful for for what you have now now that you've been missing Muzzin and Hall all this time. And, and that's why when the talk is they miss Jake Muzzin, I kind of jump on it. I mean, they do, but he hasn't played great. This hasn't been a great Jake Muzzin season. And maybe he's had some kind of you know like Morgan Riley did did last year when you know a, a player has some kind of injury that isn't well known, but you kind of know something. Uh, that could be the case, but. The other point, Brent, and particularly that, you know, it's not like every game's a playoff game, really, unless they go on a 15-game losing streak, none, no game will be a battle for the playoffs. So, so you, 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 like, let these guys get minutes. Let these guys get minutes, and hopefully you're healthy or you've added a depth D or maybe two. So they're playing the appropriate roles, you know, the fifth and sixth D, and they had time, you know, playing third and fourth. And, and that's what this is all about. There, there is no substitute for this in the slightest. So very positive and, and, and reacting to some adversity because there's been some sloppy defensive games. They've been a part of it, particularly that last game. And to be a part of it tonight in a positive way, like, like you know, the one goal end of the first period, Lilligren, it was kind of a fair catch thing. It was a weird fluky thing. It took a bad <laughs> bounce. And, okay, so be it. Islanders scored. But, you know, beyond that, that could happen to anybody. That's definitely got to be a learning thing. The fact the coach has him out there in the last minute of a one nothing game at that point yep. says a lot. And he's he's the, he's the top four tonight. He played top four minutes. Yeah, it's funny, the Lilligren fair catch. I thought the exact same thing. This is a guy sitting around watching watching football this afternoon and going, well, I wave my hands. Why Why are they hitting me like that? Uh, the other the other thing that, that I think really helps this team, well, it's actually two things. Uh, and, you know, they, they kind of feed off of one another. 
the the penalty kill from this group is is not a problem. This in in years past, this has been a unit of the team that has struggled to get going. That has been a kind of death knell for them. We talked about the power play, the power play, the penalty kill has struggled for for years past, going back here, and now that's just a strength of this team. You know, it had a bit of a dip when Marner was out of the lineup. Obviously, he helps you so much in that regard. But then you also have a centerman in camp, and the fact that he is just now. Always the the David Camp line, whoever's on it, be it Engvall, be it Mikheyev, be it Kasha when he's back, whoever's playing with him knows exactly what's to be expected of them. And it is to kill penalties and it is to lock down leads late in games. And it's just the Leafs have tried to have that so much going going back a handful of years. But this is the first time they've ever really had it. And the fact that you have a number one kind of deep pair that you can trust in Brody and Riley, and then that you have this defensive line that you trust as well, that that's what makes these leads feel safer. And yes, it hasn't quite felt that way lately, blowing the three the three one leads heading into tonight. But I think you see what you see tonight, and it just lets you believe that what you saw early in the season is real, and it wasn't some mirage. And maybe as we revisit last year's playoffs, Ugh, you know that maybe that special teams <laughs> not going well at the end of the regular season was indicative of a little bit more, you know, and because I, I always find in the playoffs, special teams and goaltending become even that much more important, and the Leafs didn't have those going and and you know Mitch Marner is an excellent penalty killer he's an excellent penalty killer and you know it, of of late the last number of years it's not like you have penalty killing specialists but you seem quite often the best players kill penalties now which wasn't the old days but you know there was a guy Hal Gill played on Boston but also played for the Leafs a couple of years and he was a big good PK defenseman you know and and now they have some of those guys up front and, you know, maybe get a defenseman that can do that as well, too. But, you know, just a little bit more PK specialists without being just fourth liners. And, yeah, I, I, I've noticed that. I've noticed that as well. And, and and that's an important part. I mean, that's a big part the Canucks were able to change under Bruce Boudreau. It wasn't just because of Bruce as biased as we all are because he's who, who could not love Bruce Boudreau. But, you know, just about, yeah, they were like 75%, something, something or 65 or just brutal for a, whatever number of weeks. And. And this is, and that's what's been going well for the Leafs, Brent. I mean, that's that's what we liked, and that's why these last two weeks, it's not like they went zero and seven, like the Oilers have. You know, they 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 came back and won a game when they when they lost. You know, and and uh, in this case, uh, and and then, but tonight you wanted to see that tidy, full sixty-minute effort, not sixty-five minutes because they had a lead that they blew. <laughs> sixty minutes. Yeah, 60 minutes. We're we're hey, look, you and I love 3 on 3 overtime. It's great. It's exciting. Shootout. Oh, okay, sure. I'm good with 60 minute wins. I will sign up for uh, I don't know how many more games the Leafs have left, but I will sign up for however many Le- uh games the Leafs have left. I will sign up for more 60 minute wins of those Leafs taking care of business tonight with a tidy 3-1 win on the road in Long Island. Up next for them, a date with the Ducks on Wednesday, but oh no, Gordon and I aren't going anywhere. There is plenty more to break down, including Austin Matthews getting a little too cute in the third period. You've, we, we've now reached the nitpicking part of the program. Shoot the puck, Austin Matthews. I'll have more on that as we continue here on Leaf Station Postgame on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and the Maple Leafs Radio Network. Dolphs from getting it along the boards and out at center ice it goes. Here's a chance now for Angle. Scores! Is there time on the clock? I did not see the light come on. The green light to indicate the end of the period. Old eagle-eyed Jim Ralph. He knew. He knew it was in. Joe Bowen on the call. Jim Ralph spotting the lack 
of the end of period marker there. Pierre Engvall's goal. Uh, we talked about it. We laughed about it. Uh, obviously, it made all the difference. It ends up being the winner tonight. But Gord, seriously, how different is that? Is tonight's game potentially if he doesn't get the momentum back? Parise scoring about 55 seconds before that, right at the end of the period as well. Like it, you know, it ends up being one of these fun moments in a long season. And who knows? Maybe we'll all forget about it in a week's time. But tonight's game could have been completely different if if the Leafs don't get that one at the very very end of the first period. Yeah, you know, Ralphie's always been adept at predicting just a second before the lights go on for last call. You know, so I think I think I think that's where all that all, all that great training came into play on that. Um, that's huge in so many ways, Brent, because the Leafs had the momentum, the shorthanded goal. Let's just ride out the period. They played a very strong first twenty minutes. The Islanders were seven one and one before this game, playing really well at home. The emotion about the tribute to the late Clark Gillies, you know, so many things. So you really wanted to take the crowd out of the building in the first 20 minutes and you had. And and then they get that goal by Barzell with just about 59 seconds left. And that one by Engvall, holy mackerel. I mean, that that's, the, you know, the Islanders for as, as tight a defensive team uh, as there is, it's a reminder for, you know, Don Cherry used to say, all you boys and girls out there, but why why you play till when the buzzer actually, actually goes? Like, what a weird one. And, hey, good on Pierre Engvall, and it just uh, went in with tenths of a second left. So momentum back for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like, it could have been a total thing. You know, the Islanders come out loaded for Bear, tied 1-1, and that kind of momentum. Instead, the, the Maple Leafs never relinquish that momentum from that point onwards. No, and I think I think the other the uh, you're you're absolutely right on the momentum. They they grabbed a hold of it, and the second period was great. The third, they just they continue to keep their foot down. In terms of Engvall, he's maybe to me the perfect poster boy to hold up, and wherever he is in the Leafs lineup kind of tells you all you need to know about their forward depth. If he is somebody who you're saying, man, I really love what Engvall's given me. I got to find a way to get him into my top nine. If he's a kind of third line, fourth line player for you, I think you're in great shape. Where this team has gotten into trouble in the past is saying, oh, can we sneak Pierre Engvall in the top six or is he the third line center here? Like It just seems to me like this season he has really kind of perfectly found his role on this Leafs team. Yeah, you know, and one year they had a guy, and he only was here one year, Mason Raymond, who kind of, in a, oh, in a small sample, did, could play on any line. I like that. But, you know, Bobby Holik's a guy that we all know. We don't too well if you're a Leaf because how he played for the Devils and how he how he battled Matt Sundin. But he was a funny guy, really personable guy. And, you know, he did a little bit of media and then realized, you know, you made $9 million a year playing for the Rangers. You really don't need <laughs> all the other things. So gonna his, uh, his daughter was a like a top equestrian rider, kind of like Springsteen's daughter. So he just kind of lived that life, right? But he, he had a fun, like, he, he just mentioned that, you know, that was his role with the Devils. And then when the New York Rangers, how, how is he going to turn down $9 million a year? And his line always was, if I'm on your third line, you're, you you got a chance to win a Stanley Cup, which he did with the Devils. Yep. If I'm on your second line, uh, you know, you're, you're a Midland team. If I'm on your first line, you're screwed. You know, and that was basically, you know, you kind of, and, and he even said once here, he's making 9 million a year. And he's, I don't know who the Ranger coach would be at one point. He said about getting on the power play and Bobby Holik said on the power play, have you ever watched me play? <laughs> Just, and, you know, and that's, and, and that's part of, you know, when there was no cap and that's why the player NHLPA liked no cap, but you know, you could go and theoretically overpay for those kind of players but they have a great value but now in the cap world you have to balance things but I think he was a great example of that about you know the right the right player having the right niche 
Yeah, absolutely. The uh, man, the the Bobby Holik one. He is a picture perfect example. Uh, in terms of his career, he did okay. Uh, stuffed forty eight million bucks into his jeans uh, dur- during his NHL career. So yeah, maybe maybe he said, uh, yeah, yeah, I'll uh, I'll go watch my daughter ride horses and live a uh, a wonderful wonderful life. But that that is a perfect perfect way to put it. There are just certain players who where they are in the lineup kind of tells you everything you know about a team. I think we're kind of seeing that with with Leafs defense in the past, right? When Morgan Riley was the guy who was so far above everybody else. He and, and not to say Riley can't be your best defenseman, but he can't be your best defenseman by 15 miles. And now you fill in the you fill in the rest. You got TJ Brody involved and Muzzin and Hall and the rest, Sandine. It it just it shows it, it goes to show how important it is for a lot of players. Look, Austin Matthews is going to be the number one line first line center first. Well, franchise player on every team he plays for but for most guys in this league you know the parts around them matter uh, a ton a ton a ton uh somebody who was a big big part of what happened in long island he was a big part of the lace 3-1 win tonight let's hear from the captain john Tavares. before i uh take any questions i just want to uh pay my respects to uh, clark gillies and his family uh obviously very sad to hear of his passing and um was tremendous to me uh, with my time here and obviously made a, a hell of an impact on the ice and, and off it as well. And we'll have a legacy that uh, lasts here forever. So uh, just want to take a few moments to recognize that. Thanks. First question, we'll go to Kevin McGrand, Toronto Star. Go ahead, Kevin. John, thank you for that. Appreciate it. Um, I wonder if I can get you your comments on uh, your team's performance tonight and Peter Mrazek's performance tonight. Yeah, yes, just uh, yeah, I, I was just saying that um, – you know, it wasn't, uh, wasn't our best, but certainly uh, uh, much much more progress uh, to our game tonight and uh, more the way we want to play and, and obviously grab the lead on the road and do a good job playing with it. Uh, and Raz is a big part of that. Uh, didn't allow uh, anything to uh, get too close uh, towards the end, especially. Um, you know, he's been working hard, waiting for, uh, waiting for some, uh, some opportunity, and uh, great to see him come in and deliver a big effort for us today. Thanks, John. Next up, we'll go to Lance Hornby, Toronto Sun. Go ahead, Lance. Hey, John, you touched on it a bit, but uh, kind of a textbook road game that you guys needed tonight, uh, given what had happened uh, a couple of times on this road trip. Yeah, nice uh, to be able to finish off the way we did. Uh, like I said, I still think we feel we got a lot more to our game and, and uh, we, we uh, can get back to uh, some of the rhythm we had at different points of the year already. But um, no doubt, uh, we just got to keep uh, staying at it. Um, and tonight we did some really good things. Uh, um, great response uh, when they tied it 1-1. Uh, big goal by Pierre and, and uh, uh, grabbed the momentum and the life back. And we seem to just kind of keep it rolling from there and had a really good second period. Uh, how did you think, what did you think of uh, Morgan Riley's game tonight? Yeah, Mo was uh, uh, excellent for us uh, as he is most nights, just a catalyst for us, uh, not just on our back end, but just for our, for our team in general, just uh, such a, such a great player. Uh, you know, one of the best defensemen I played with, I think he, uh, um, even as good as he is and as much recognition as he gets, I still think he's uh, uh, looked upon as a little bit underrated. He just does so much for us in so many different areas and, and uh, um, was great tonight. Next up, we'll go to Mark Masters, TSN. Go ahead, Mark. John, you mentioned that Clark Gillies was, was tremendous to you when you were on Long Island. Is there a moment or memory that, that stands out to you about your time with him? Uh, uh we we did a captain's uh, retreat. Um, I believe it was before my last year, and um, you know had all, all all the captains that could make it that had uh, been part of the Islanders organization. And I just remember, uh, you know, Eddie Westfall and and uh, Clark were basically the, the captains of the captains, and kind of just took everybody under their wing and um, 
just such a just a, a fun guy, lovable, lovable guy, just uh, so good to people. Um, and then obviously just heard so many uh, uh, tremendous things about him as a player and what he did and his impact on the ice and how much he helped uh, those team uh, those teams win their Stanley Cups and uh, what he did for a lot of those players uh, like Trache, Bossy, um, uh, especially the, the offensive guys that he played with uh, to help them produce and, and provide uh, his skill set out there. So. You know, an experience I had like that with him or uh, when he was around uh, the rink, around the team, uh, any functions and whatnot, he always made sure to say hello and uh, just always had a big smile, um, a great laugh to him, always telling stories, telling jokes. So, um, you know, he always went out of his way to make you, uh, um, uh, you know, feel good and, and happy to be part of the organization. Next up, we'll go to David Alter with the Hockey News. Go ahead, David. Hey, John, you mentioned that this wasn't uh, your best or it wasn't your team's best. I'm just wondering specifically what you mean by that. Was it the power play opportunities early on or just the pushback from the opposition late in the game? I'm just curious as to some detail on why you think that is. I just think we can play better. Um, I, I think we can just execute at a higher level, whether it's generate more offensively, um, you know, have a little bit of a better third period. Um, obviously, we won the special teams tonight, but, you know, our power play uh, – wants to be a difference maker night in and night out. You get a couple of early chances. You you want to uh, immediately put uh, the pressure on your opponent and grab the lead. So um, there's there's always areas that we want to get better um, and improve on. And uh, it was a good win tonight, but certainly, you know, I, I still think there's a lot of room for growth and, and we know there's more to our game. And the last one here, we'll go to Brian Crompton with AP. Go ahead, Brian. Hey, John, uh, really good to talk to you. Hope all is well with you and your family. Um, I know this is your second trip here and, you, you know, you've obviously moved on, but just curious your thoughts on the building and uh, just how happy are you that the Islanders finally got this done. Thank you. Thanks, Brian, uh, to you as well. Um, yeah, no doubt. Uh, obviously, I was here for, um, you know, a significant part of uh, just the cloud kind of hanging over the organization's head and, and the fan base and what was going to happen and, Obviously, there was the move to Brooklyn and, and still being uncertainty with that at times and if that was uh, going to work out long term. So um, tremendous to uh, obviously uh, see them get uh, uh, the home that's built for them uh, on the island and obviously does wonders uh, for the organization and, and for the fan base. I'm sure uh, everybody's extremely proud of it. It's a beautiful uh, facility. So um, it's great to see. Thanks, John. Thank you. There is Leafs captain John Tavares. Uh, honestly, like it's nothing we don't already know about the guy, but how can you not listen to that and just think well, how classy is John Tavares? He starts before he even gets a question saying, I want to I want to have my tribute to, to Clark Gillies. He gets a question about the Isles Arena. All they've done, all, all the fan base has done in the entirety of the time since he's left is boo him and tell him he's a bad guy and they don't want anything to do with him. And he sits there just talking about how happy he is for the Islanders fans that they finally have their new barn and the challenges they've been through. Gord, he's he's just as classy as it gets. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Always has been. You know, and that's what's that's what bothers me about, you know, nowadays about these free agent moves. And uh, again, we, we talked about it on, on Leafs Nation pregame. I mean, New York fans are it's very raw. It's very personal uh, about those kind of things. But th- this guy was revered and he made a decision to come home. You know, he made a decision to come home, which um, in Toronto, at first, you'd hope Stephen Stamkos was that guy. And the, and the thing about John Tavares, he, he's, uh, 
he's classy, he's thoughtful. He doesn't, you know, he's pretty consistent how he talks. He doesn't give you colorful things. He doesn't speak off the cuff. You know, you you need a little bit of different ingredients. You need that ingredient. That's why I like when Joe Thornton, that part that he brought. And I, I see more of that growing with Austin Matthews, for example. But, yeah, I mean, he's the captain. He's, he, he just rinks, reeks of consummate class, that's for sure. Not often a good thing when people tell you you reek of something. But tonight, uh, it is a good thing that he reeks of class. Uh, we got plenty more uh, to say on Leaf Station postgame. Got plenty more Leafs to hear from. We'll do all that and more as we continue. Brent Gunning and Gord Stella continue to wrap up a Leafs 3-1 win on Long Island. Leafs Nation postgame continues next on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and the Maple Leafs Radio Network. If John Tavares is serious and studious and the dad of the team, Mitch Marner's that wild, crazy younger brother. Apparently, he had a great post game. Let's hear from Mitch Marner. Picked up a couple of points in the Leafs 3-1 win. Here is number 16. First up, we'll go to Kevin McGran, Toronto Star. Go ahead, Kevin. Mitch, just uh, kind of wanted to get your thoughts both on the on the game today and on uh, Peter Mrazek today. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Um... I think the game, uh, we did what we wanted to. I think the third, it got a little bit away from us there, but uh, obviously um, just maintain that lead, keep the pressure on. Um, Raz made a couple of huge saves for us there as well. And um, I mean, he's worked extremely hard since his injury to, to get back. And it's nice just seeing him come out here and uh, play with that confidence and swagger and help us to win. And you're on quite a bit of a roll here. Uh, how's that feel right now? Uh, yeah, obviously good. Um, just want to make sure I keep trying to do the things I can to help this team win games, whether it's on the kill power play or even strength. So, um, you know, great play by Mo there to kind of pressure up zone and, um, flip that out into an area for me to skate onto it. Thank you. Next up, we'll go to Mark masters. TSN. Go ahead, Mark. Mitch John was just telling us he still feels that Morgan is somewhat underrated in the league as good as he's been for as long as he's been in Toronto. Do you feel that at all? And what have you appreciated about his game of late? Definitely. Um, I mean, if you look at his stats is what he brings to our team to not be at least a a one-time all-star. It's insanity to be fairly honest. Um, it's crazy, but, um, the thing about Morgan and the thing that we all love about him is, uh, he's the same guy through it all. And he's a lot of fun to be around. He's a great person to, to have around our team with, with families or anyone. Um, you know, we're very fortunate to have him and um, I know how he, he knows how much we love him in that locker room and on the ice. So he does a lot of great things for us, but uh, hopefully he gets what he deserves here soon um, within the coming years. Timothy was talking this morning about how much of a leader Morgan is. He didn't realize that until he's been here for the full year. What do you, what stands out to you about the way Morgan leads? Yeah, definitely. Um, well, I think just overall in the last couple of years here, how he's taken on a, a bigger penalty kill role and, really owned up to, you know, blocking some really big shots. Um, obviously his IQ on the ace is very, very high and um, he can read plays very well and cut plays off. So um, it's a little harder to hear on the defensive side uh, of the bench, what, uh, what's going on there. Usually we're screaming at the offensive side. So um, when he does talk and, and speak, everyone listens though. He's a guy that uh, has very well respected on our team and, and does a lot of great things for us. Next up, we'll go to Luke Fox Sportsnet. Go ahead, Luke. <clears throat> Hey, Mitch, what has stood out to you about the strides Pierre Engvall has taken this season? Yeah, uh, I mean, first things first, he's, he's a huge body that can skate very well, and he's got some serious strength to him. And I think just over, over uh, the year here, he's, he's really owned up to that and, and just really used his body to get pucks back in the corners, um, take it to the net. And 
Uh, it's a hell of a move tonight, to be honest there. And um, he just keeps getting better and better. And for our team to be successful, we're going to need him to, you know, just keep striving to be better. And I think the fan base knows Jack Campbell's personality very well at this point, but how would you describe Peter Morazic's? Yeah. Um, they're both kind of similar and just uh, a lot of fun to be around. Good dudes. Uh, thing that Raz loves is his soccer. He loves watching soccer constantly, no matter when it's on, he's quickly onto his phone trying to watch the soccer matches. I, I, I had no idea what his favorite team is, but he just knows every time he's on the bus, he's talking soccer or trying to watch it. So, um, but uh, they're both a lot of fun to be around and uh, we're pretty fortunate to have those two uh, in our net. Take a few more here. We'll go to Lance Hornby, Toronto Sun. Go ahead, Lance. Hey, Mitch, fair to say uh, you, you really uh, discovered the fun of the game again on this road trip. You were off a long time. Uh, you had a successful uh, trip uh, points-wise. Uh, can almost hear you uh, out on the ice uh, chirping it up. Uh, it, it seems that uh, you've had a pretty good trip. I mean, I think that's just my personality. I think uh, anyone that's been around me for, I don't know, my whole life pretty much, um, anyone that's been around me in this Leafs organization knows that I'm that guy. So regardless of point-wise or whatever, it's uh, – I try and stay like that all the time and, and just bring a lot of energy and um, a lot of fun and passion into this game. And it does help obviously when you're producing and, and, and helping team, helping your team win. But I try and do that uh, regardless throughout the year, regardless of what's going through uh, point wise, anything like that. But um, I think just our whole team's having fun, um, especially tonight. And on your, uh, on your goal, your breakaway move, uh, what exactly happened there? Uh, yeah, I meant for that to happen. <laughs> Um, obviously I got pretty lucky. Um, uh, tried to kind of go backhand quickly back to forehand and lost it. Um, sometimes when, uh, you don't know what you're doing on a, a breakaway or something like that, it goes in and that was the case in that scenario and pretty lucky. I'll take two more here. We'll go to Brian Compton with NHL.com. Go ahead, Brian. Mitch, just to follow that up, two trips here, two short and goals. Is it something in the Long Island water or are you liking this building <laughs> going on there? Thank you. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, both plays were just great plays by our defense, really. Uh, the first one, Muzzy's quick up to me, kind of in stride. And tonight, Mo just kind of flipping into an area for me to skate onto it. Um, and the rest, I guess, uh, you know, I tried to do uh, on my own. And like I said, tonight I got a little lucky on it. But uh, I don't know what it is. It's uh, I think our team just uh, is ready to go for any opportunity of penalty killer power play-wise. And we're not afraid to, to try and make uh, teams pay for it as well. So something that uh, we try and do, but do at the smart at the same time. And last one here, we'll go to Scott Charles with AP. Go ahead, Scott. Thanks. Uh, Mitch, how important was Pierre's goal just late in the first period to go into that period up one instead of tied 1-1? One, one yeah, it was huge. Yeah, it was, it was a huge goal. Um, it's pretty funny. I mean, a lot of guys obviously screaming, shoot it, because the time left and everything like that, but um, the fake shot to pull the, the backhand there, that's a, it's a pretty silky move. It's a hard... Uh, it's a hard move to pull off. So he's a guy that has a lot of skill in him though. And um, it's nice seeing him kind of show it out there tonight. And luckily enough, it went in before that buzzer. There is Leafs forward, Mitch Marner, a couple of points, including a shorthanded goal in the Leafs three, one win, man. If you ever wonder if you ever take, did he grow up in Toronto? As soon as you hear at the end of the period, yeah, guys just started screaming, shoot it, man. I know I'm sure that's probably a lot of fan bases, but the amount of times I've spent sitting in basements, bars, the rake itself, just hearing people scream, shout, shout at the uh, tail end of periods. Yeah. That uh, boy, does that feel like a uh, Leafs nation to me, uh, Gord, a couple more thoughts. I want to get to from tonight's game. I know, uh, 
Marner was really a high praise for Peter Morazic and Morgan Riley as well. A couple of guys you and I are both pretty high on. We'll have more thoughts on that as we wrap things up here. The Leafs are 3-1 winners on the road in Long Island. The I was about to say the road trip, but it won't continue. The Leafs are back home on Wednesday, but we've got more Leafs Nation postgame as we continue here on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Brent Gunning, Gord Stellick here with you for Leafs Nation postgame, walking you through what was a 3-1 Leafs win on the road in Long Island, tying up a few uh, loose ends here, Gord. There were a couple of moments in this game that one of them nearly did bring the house down in a good way for the Islanders. One of them would have brought the house down in a bad way. The first, uh, of course, Clark Gillies, uh, he, he was honored before tonight's game at the nine-minute mark uh, of the first period. Everyone's on their feet, making a ton of noise, and boy, oh boy, just perfect time right at nine minutes of the first period Matt Martin smoked John Tavares clean hit nothing wrong with it you're allowed to hit hard hard in hockey I encourage it in fact but man the uh the Isles fan base was uh, I'm not going to say too happy but boy did they enjoy that moment yeah you know and and Matt Martin what what a quality guy could never find his niche in Toronto and found it again and he and it did appear he had the accidental fall running into Peter Morazic <laughs> later right. on even though <laughs> With Matt Martin, you're always suspicious, but boy, that that gave they you know John Tavares there, and I I, I have no idea if 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 there'll be some acknowledgement about the the captains and and his tribute to Clark Gillies that softens things as far as Islander fans go. But uh, man, they that they were off their feet, they were on their feet for that one. That that was a rare highlight they had tonight. Oh, you you mentioned the Martin play. It's funny, and again, as innocent as it gets, he just he blew a tire. Mrazek wasn't even in his crease, so you can't even get mad at him in that. But I I, I caught the moment the the camera kind of caught Martin's face there. And look, you you slide into a goalie, you're kind of expecting some pushback. But he had this like, and you know, Matt Martin doesn't need to be all that fearful out there. He's a big, strong man and can take care of himself. He had this like fear in his eyes moment until he realized, oh, it's it's okay. Like that's Alex Kerfoot standing in the corner. I think I. Can, uh, I could take care of this if it if it needs to happen. But yeah, I again, you know, a guy I think a lot of people have time for uh, for for what he did uh, when, when he was in this market. The other Tavares moment I wanted to highlight that the Islanders fans would not have liked nearly as much. He nearly had a look at a basically breakaway empty netter to seal the game. Uh, look, he's happy with a three one win. He would have been just as happy with a four one win. But I would have loved for him to have had that moment to uh, salt away the game tonight. Yeah, yeah, no, I, absolutely, absolutely. Now we're getting picky, but you're right. You're I right. am. I you're am. right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, anyway, it was, uh, you know, we'll we'll take the win and uh, and that. It's just, it's just nice to see, uh, and and so in control. I mean, there there were some big saves by him, and they did put pressure on at the end. But uh, it, it, I, I, I just liked it. Wasn't that seemingly chaotic situation? Um, that happened the other games and 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 led to ties and losses. No, that's exactly it. Even and look, this is the point I tried to drive home all throughout these blowing leads and not to not to explain it away or make the excuse of it. Teams are going to push back when they're trailing late. That's what it looks like. You're not going to just dominate play for 60 minutes every single night, although I thought they came uh, pretty close for long, long stretches of tonight's game. Uh, Gord, tons of fun. Always love being on with you, but I'll be honest, I love it more after a Leafs win. So I'm fired up. They, they picked up a 3-1 win. Well, and back at it to 1 o'clock tomorrow, the Leafs this week. we got a whole lot of positive things to talk about. 
Look at you. That's why you're the pro that you are. Brent Gunning, Gord Stellick. We'll be back tomorrow, 1 to 2 on The Fan, or wherever it is you find this podcast. Thanks so much to Tom Young behind the glass and producer Sam McKee. But most importantly, thank you for listening to Leaf Station Post Game.